You've probably heard that the danger alert has been raised to code green. No, our plants are not the threat. It's a different kind of security risk. What seemed humble enough in the beginning, like the proliferation of concrete deer that once swarmed across front lawns all over suburbia, we are on the verge of an organized assault. Today's guest is the author of a new book, How to Survive a Garden Gnome Attack. And that book's going to help us deal with this looming peril. Stay tuned. Clem Song Sparrow Farm and Nursery grows extraordinary herbaceous perennials, uncommon trees and shrubs, and a selection of luxurious peonies. Song Sparrow Nursery is a proud underwriter of Kendrew's Real Dirt. Songsparrow.com. S-O-N-G-S-P-A-R-R-O-W.com. Hello and welcome. It's Ken Drews, and you're listening to Ken Drews Real Dirt, The Garden Show. And today's topic, well, it's a serious topic, and with Halloween coming in a couple of weeks, I think it's particularly relevant, because hiding in plain sight and feigning innocence and merriment, garden gnomes are seeking world domination. Think about it. They have infiltrated every state and exist on every continent. Deceptively benign, the common garden gnome has quietly lulled citizens everywhere into a false sense of security. They hide behind their wheelbarrows and disarm unwary suburban dwellers with their rosy cheeks so that no one notices the weaponry they wield. Those rakes, shovels, pickaxes are not harmless decorations. Alert the Garden Gnome Liberation Front. It is not the gnomes who need saving. It is us. Be aware and be afraid. Wake up to the danger. My guest today, Chuck Sambuccino, lives in a heavily fortified home in Cincinnati, Ohio. He travels across America helping law enforcement agencies launch commando missions when there are imminent gnome attacks. And gnome attacks are more common than you might imagine. You know, you see those gnomes on front lawns sometimes, uh, not always as attractive as they might be, but a lot of people, especially in the United Kingdom and in Germany, love their garden gnomes, and little do they know that there's something going on behind the scene. A, a covert uh, action is being planned. And and there are incidents constantly that really can't be explained. Well, for example, like like tiny crop circles popping up in front lawns and in backyards. Maybe, maybe you notice that the wheelbarrow isn't where you thought you left it the night before. That's happened to me so many times where I can't find the trowel. I just had a trowel. What happened to my trowel? My Falco pruners, I just put them down, and then they're gone. Well, we hardly ever see the gnome, well, we never see the gnomes moving, but, you know, they do move, and then they return to the place where they were the night before, and and you have little idea that something so subversive has happened and is going on. And Chuck Sambuccino, who is the author of How to Survive a Garden Gnome Attack, and how to defend yourself when the lawn warriors strike, and they will. Chuck swears they will. He's my guest today, and he's going to talk about gnome-proofing the garden, uh, defensive actions for the home, uh, how to save your dog. You know, that's in his new book, and it's a, a helpful hand handbook, and it would make a great gift for anyone who is a little bit concerned about their neighbor's gnome. Chuck is a certified gnome defense expert, and he's helped law enforcement all over the country and been a consultant even to other countries. And we're going to talk about the imminent threat. Chuck is a 
certified GDE, gnome defense expert with years of experience in direct combat, what he often refers to as guerrilla lawnfare, against the gnomes and gnome invasions. The only published handbook of its kind, How to Survive a Gnome Attack, is an indispensable manual featuring detailed plans for gnome proofing, instructions for hand-to-hand confrontations, correct nomenclature, guidelines for compiling an effective arsenal, and illuminating case studies of human versus gnome clashes throughout history. I want to welcome Chuck Sambuccino to Ken Drew's Real Dirt. Oh, Ken, thanks for having me. You're welcome. So, first of all, what are garden gnomes? Well, garden gnomes, uh, and I assume a lot of people out there have seen them or frighteningly, frighteningly you know, own them, but garden gnomes are little, little kind of garden people that usually wear a red cap and they traditionally have a trade like a woodsman or a builder, a gardener. They usually have something in their hands, which is part of the danger because um, obviously that's a weapon that they could use at any time. Uh, like axes and rakes and things like that. Yeah, shovels or pickaxes or even a lantern could uh, possibly light the house on fire. Oh my goodness. Uh, are garden gnomes related to other incidents uh, throughout history? For example, well, there's a historic clash in Norway uh, called Billy Goat Gruff. Do you know about that? I don't. Would you like to tell me about it? Well, I'm not sure whether that was a gnome or a troll, but there was uh, an incident where the goats wanted to cross over a bridge and the trolls threatened them. And uh, I, I don't know if trolls and gnomes are related. I, I don't know if you have any information about that. I, I've heard stuff about the, uh, the lineage going back, but this is the, that's Scandinavia, and we're talking hundreds of years ago. Most of my direct contact with gnome attacks and, uh, you know, um, trying to warn people of the danger has been in America. But I know that gnomes are very prevalent throughout Europe in terms of the U.K. and Germany, especially they are gnome crazy out there, and they are very high-risk targets. But I have also heard about uh, trolls in Norway, though not um, this incident you're talking about. Who knows? They could be working in cahoots. And um, I've said the same thing about lawn jockeys. The verdict is out on them. But I would say I commonly get asked if pink flamingos are any danger, and the answer is generally not. They're pretty safe. Oh, that's good to know. Uh, There is, of course, the Snow White incident, and I often wonder if Snow was actually an indentured servant to what could have been gnomes, or if there was some kind of hanky-panky going on with uh, seemingly innocent gnome-like creatures. Uh, Do you have any information on that incident? It could be a whitewash. I mean, a a whitewash of an event, perhaps Snow White was even taken hostage, like you said, or even killed by gnomes, and in an attempt to to get, you know, good publicity and change the story over the years, they paid some poor screenwriter to write that story, and that's how it works. I mean, the Hollywood, I mean, like, you know, history is written written by the winners. So are you suggesting that there might even be gnomes that have infiltrated Hollywood and the film industry? I wouldn't say gnomes, because that would be a little bit obvious to tell, but I would say gnome allies. Mm. I mean, how do you think that um, uh, the gnome took over Travelocity and everything else? Gnome right, allies. Right. And the, um, also, you know, along with Travelocity... Um, I don't know about you, but here in the Midwest, where I live in Cincinnati, we see a lot of garden gnomes with uh, sports uniforms on, be it Ohio State or the Cincinnati Bengals or anything like that. It's this massive PR campaign, Ken, trying to make them cute and symbols of merriment and goodwill, but secretly, you know, they're murdering people. Oh. It's very scary. 
It is, and it, it, it's really underreported, to say the least. Well, what are some of the signs of an impending outdoor gnome attack? There are things you can look for. Um, any stuff like uh, if your fruit is stunted or discolored, have they been trying to poison your garden? If you own a pet and your pet has been acting sick or perhaps has been killed, that's usually um, a precursor to a gnome attack. Uh, stuff inside that you'd find inside your house, which is very scary, you might find some sawdust or some wood shavings for them tunneling through the ground. You might find some of your uh, drinks that you have sitting out that are partially gone. And outside you would find stuff like um, footprints in the mud. You would find misplaced wheelbarrows and things of this nature. Well, uh, I, I know there's the, the whole thing about crop circles and miniature crop circles. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I was one of the, the pioneering gnome defense experts on this, uh, on deciphering this. But I've, I've figured out over the years that garden gnomes use mini crop circles by folding blades of grass. And it's all part of the nonverbal communication. See, gnomes talk to one another, but they can't talk to one another in front of you or else you're going to be very scared. So they use nonverbal communication such as light and reflections off mirror balls. And uh, another typical example is using uh, agroglyphs, which are miniature crop circles, to um, communicate as to when they're going to attack and how they're going to attack, much like the movie Signs before the aliens attacked. It was part of their coordination. So they're taking hints from the aliens, which I think is, is bad news for, for us all. I'll say. Well, I know your book does go into the history of gnomes and gnome attacks, uh, and your book is How to Survive a Garden Gnome Attack, I might add. Uh, but Chuck, uh, tell me some of the stories from the past or some incidents that uh, maybe some people don't associate with gnomes well one of the things that got cut out of the book unfortunately that i put on the the website which is simply gnomeattack.com is several um high profile uh gnome attacks that were reported in the press which they really are and i was uh, documenting that and for example like there's a good story of um janos the gnome hunter who lived over in the netherlands he was a famous gnome hunter who like me realized the threat and he was killed by gnomes. There was also a um, garden store owner down in Florida whose name was, I believe, Millie Williams, who was killed somewhere around 1980 um, because she was keeping garden gnomes in her store. And the, it's, it's scary, Ken. It's very, very scary when you start to do the research and you start to get into the Interpol files of cases that were buried where garden gnomes were uh, attributed to be part of the death or some uh, garden gnome allies were part of the death. It's very scary. Well, uh, you're saying these things, and I'm wondering whether you're, you know, afraid for your own life or if you've been threatened personally. Well, I, like I, I get asked this question a lot, and I can't answer it because all those case files have been sealed, and my lawyers, they would kill me if I talked about that on the air. But what I can tell you is I'm not really too afraid for my own life because I know all the tricks. I know all the tricks, and I'm, I'm hyper-vigilant at all times, and I sometimes even carry a sledgehammer or snow shovel over my shoulder to uh, block their little bow and arrow attacks and also um, smash them to smithereens if they get close. Well, I've, I've noticed that gnomes come in an enormous variety of sizes. I mean, I've seen gnomes that are just a couple of inches tall and gnomes that could easily take on a dog, gnomes that are almost two feet tall. Uh, yeah. How does that ha occur? Um, occur in the sense that I think just there's a wide variety of species of gnomes, oh. garden gnomes, 
and you never know what you're going to be dealing with. I would say that no matter how big it, uh, gnome is, if it comes for you, you're going to be okay. See, you versus one garden gnome, no big deal. You versus 20, problem. And if they're rappelling down from the ceiling and they're attacking you in the bed when the light's off, it's just going to be chaotic. So you have to worry more about fighting a horde than you do an individual. Wow. I'm speaking with Chuck Sampucino, and he's the author of How to Survive a Garden Gnome Attack, a threat that we all should be more aware of. I'll be right back. Clem Song Sparrow Farm and Nursery grows extraordinary herbaceous perennials, uncommon trees and shrubs, and a selection of luxurious peonies. Song Sparrow Nursery is a proud underwriter of Kendrew's Real Dirt. Songsparrow.com, S-O-N-G-S-P-A-R-R-O-W.com. This is Ken Drews, and you're listening to Ken Drews Real Dirt, The Garden Show. And my guest today is Chuck Sambuccino, a certified GDE, gnome defense expert. And his new book, his, it's a handy handbook that everybody should have, and it would, it's maybe something that you should give to friends, too. How to Survive a Garden Gnome Attack. And Chuck was telling us a lot about garden gnomes, more than I ever knew. And I'm interested in how I can gnome-proof my garden and how I can gnome-proof the house, especially. How can I set up some defenses? Well, Ken, I like you. You seem like a very smart guy who wants (laughs) to save his own life. I like you. Um, So how do you gnome-proof a house from from killer garden gnomes? Well, you can do uh, simple things and you can do complicated things. It really just depends on how far you want to... uh, take your safety measures, but you can install motion-activated lighting. You can just be more vigilant. You can um, install backup generators, for instance, because when the gnomes come for you, and they will, I might add, the guard gnomes will cut your power during a storm, so they can attack under cover of darkness, and you won't be alerted. You'll think, oh, the power just went out because of the storm. You have backup generators. You have kind of independent light sources. These are things that can help you when the fight comes to you. I mean, in terms of the more complicated things, you can dig traps in your backyard, like holes in the ground, and you can uh, bait them with gumdrops. Another Mm. thing you can do is dig a moat around your house. Now, granted, that's not the easiest thing to do, but it is um, a pretty big deterrent because gnomes are quite plump, and they wear heavy belt buckles and shoes, and if they try to cross the moat, they know they're going to drown. Those are some of the more complicated measures you can take. Well, do I have to, like, put all the knives out of reach in the kitchen and and make my tools higher up? Or Well, I guess they, if you're saying they can rappel down from the ceiling, I guess there's almost no way to hide things. I would say lock drawers and boxes where there's metal inside. And you brought up a good example, your silverware and your utensils. These are one of the first things that they will steal. They'll steal your metal to form their own weapons and their own tools. They'll also look for your spices for their garden gnome potions and elixirs. And the last thing that they will look for is, is you when they come oh. to, to kill you. Gee, and I was just getting over the bed bug threat, you know, <laughs> barely getting over that. And now I have to, there's so many things you have to worry about these days. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, speak, um, since I brought up the idea of worrying, is, is there any gnome social network? Is there an online gnome communication system? That's a good question, and I haven't seen anything, which leads me to believe no, because I'm not sure they have access to uh, to the Internet as we do. But like I said, the, the, the first problem is, is the garden gnomes coming to kill us. The second problem is, you know, humans who are their allies who are probably getting paid 
gigantic sums of money. People like um, uh, you know, these uh, sports sports teams that are sponsoring gnomes and such, right. but they might be doing some sort of uh, you know, clandestine communication throughout the internet. And so I wouldn't put any of it past gnomes. They're quite clever. Well, I wonder if there's some kind of PR thing that we could launch to to inform people or you know maybe have uh, co- competitive gnome tossing or something just to get the word out <laughs> to attract people to the problem. Well, I think that you're helping right now with the PR campaign by just l- helping me get the word out and educating people about the uh, the dangers of your average gnomus hortus garden gnome. Gee. Well, uh, you say that there are 10 tips to avoid a, a gnome attack, and you've probably covered some of them, but are there any other ones that you think uh, you might want to mention? I don't remember them all offhand. They're in the book. Um, but I would say I remember the first one is that you have to um, practice jumping out of a first-story window. And this is just something simple that really doesn't have much with combating a gnome face-to-face. It's more like if you're... If you wake up and you grab your weapon off the wall and you find you're under attack and you really feel, you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach, think I'm going to die. You know, I'm outnumbered and I'm going to die. You have to jump out the window. It's, uh, it, it recommends that you learn how to do that and um, just basically land without breaking your back or your neck because you may, the uh, best route one day may be simply just to escape. Well, that makes me think, too, that gnomes must be more common in suburban and, and rural areas than they are in urban areas, because if you're jumping out of a window, it could be on the 12th floor. Absolutely. You don't see a lot of garden gnomes in Manhattan or urban you know, apartment complexes. You see them in the suburbs. You see them in the country. That's where most gnome owners are located. Have you ever seen the double-sided sticky tape that people used to put on trees to stop uh, gypsy moths crawling? I don't know if you've seen that. Well, I haven't seen it in the in the vein of gypsy moss, but of course I've seen the double-sided sticky tape. You can use it for a whole sort of thing, a lot of things. Can I? Do you think I could surround the bed or something to, you know, will, would that catch some of the gnomes or at least uh, deter them? I think that would catch the bed bugs, but I'm not <laughs> sure that it would catch the uh, it would catch the uh, the gnomes because gnomes aren't they will might set your bed on fire to get you out of it. Oh, I mean, no. They could uh, use a slingshot and throw weapons at you just to wake you up. So uh, you, you, you might catch one, you know, novice gnome with a simple trick like, like that. But uh, the rest of them, I would still worry for your life, Ken. Well, you talked about uh, having a moat outdoors, and I know in your book you have some advice about a trap using a, an area rug. Yes, it's kind of the same premise. If a gnome is crawling across, or like not crawling, but walking across the rug in your room, secretly there's a hole underneath. So when they step on a weak point, the rug will sink into the hole, and it will kind of wrap around them and trap them till you come home, and you can try to dispose of them by uh, putting them in some kind of um, large incinerator or taking them halfway around the world and dropping them off. Um, but yes, that's kind of the similar to baiting um, a trap outside with uh, gumdrops and having them fall in. Are, are they more active at night, would you say? Because I, I never see them moving. Sometimes I, I see that they've moved, but I don't well, see them moving. I, I don't think that they're nocturnal in the sense that they, they, they work at night. I, I think that they, they're, they're conspiring and they're um, planning murder whenever humans aren't around. But what I will say is they commonly attack at night because they need, like I said, the cover of darkness and usually they attack during a storm, so because of the rain, the rain will mask the sound of them coming in. They will use this to their advantage to uh, basically surround you before they, um, 
that come at you with little blades. Well, it's just frightening. It's frightening that that this has gotten out of hand, that it's gotten out of control. I don't know why, especially the Europeans. I hate to say it, but uh, <laughs> in the UK, uh, you barely see a garden without a gnome. Yeah, and, they're, uh, they're they're gnome crazy. They they are they are. And I I too I've had some gnomes in my garden, and uh, they're gone now though. After reading your book, no more gnomes, <laughs> no gnome home. Congratulations, Ken. You've taken a very important step to a well, long and fruitful life. It was easy to do easy, because, you know, they're pretty small, especially when I can see them. But you're right. I, th I think the first thing that I noticed was the wheelbarrow, that the wheelbarrow wasn't where it had been. Exactly. And, uh, you know, you think, oh, I forgot. I left that. But then I started to see some other things and tiny footprints. Uh, the dog was always acting kind of crazy. <laughs> looking for things that weren't there. I, well, dogs really are sensitive to this. They must have some kind of sense that uh, something's up. Yeah, they sense danger, but they can't quite pinpoint exactly what it is or what to do. Well, I want to thank you very much for joining me today and also for writing this very important book, which has just come out, and it's How to Survive a Garden Gnome Attack by Chuck Sambuccino, and it's ways to defend yourself when the lawn warriors strike, and they will. That's what you say, right? It's true, and the book itself, if you're wondering where to get it, you can get it, of course, on Amazon like anything else, but it's available nationwide in every bookstore, so Barnes & Noble, Borders, Books A Million, it doesn't matter. You can find it anywhere. And you can find a link to Chuck's website on the Kendrews Real Dirt website, K-E-N-D-K-E-N-D-R-U-S-E-R-E-A-L-D-I-R-T.com. You got me really kind of worked up here, Chuck. I'm... I'm I'm shaking a little bit, but uh, <laughs> thank you again for joining me, and uh, I hope we don't have to talk about this again. Oh, I hope so, too. Thank you, Ken. You're so welcome. Bye. With all the things we have to worry about in the garden, weather, pestilence, insects, diseases, soil problems, and, of course, gnome attacks, I think the, the greatest damage that the gnome may do is to good taste. Gnomes damage good taste, but, uh, you know, I know what good taste is. Good taste is my taste, but good taste is your taste, too. And if you love your garden gnomes, well, just be, on, be aware, be on the watch, look out for any problems. Is this a metaphor? I mean, will there be a gnome defense league in the near future? Are, are some people overreacting? Is Chuck overreacting to what he sees as an imminent uh, threat? I don't know. I hope we don't find out. But uh, how to survive a garden gnome attack might be something that you'll find useful. And uh, if you're looking for something to dress up as for this Halloween, I think maybe uh, gnome could be in your future, along with the devil and some other frightening entities. You know, it's pretty easy to put together your gnome costume, but then there is that danger that some of the people who are on the watch, on the prowl for potential problems with gnome attacks, you know, you could get attacked yourself. Or you might fall into a moat or a hole in the floor in the bedroom. Just watch out for those area rugs. Don't step on the area rugs. Step around the area rugs. I still think that double stick tape has a future, but uh, Chuck didn't seem to think so. And then there's the bucket of water with the string attached to the door and, and balanced above the door. You know, there's that too. And there's a lot of things that you can do to 
gnome-proof your home and gnome-proof your garden, but there will always be people who support things like gnomes, who think that pointy red caps are just the cutest thing. And it's not just male gnomes, too. I want you to know there's female gnomes out there. There's kitty gnomes. Usually the kitty gnomes don't have beards, but the the adult males often have long grayish-white beards. If you have seen some problems in your garden with gnomes or from your neighbor's gnomes, then uh, drop me a line. Ken Drew's Real Dirt at yahoo.com. That's the email address. And please go to the radio website if you're not already there. It's kendrewsrealdirt.com. And also my website, kendrews.com. And you can check me out on Twitter, tweet me a message, and on Facebook. And uh, that's at kendrews for Twitter. And just uh, put me in your search for Facebook, K-E-N-D-R-U-S-E, and you will find me. And then you can tell me what you think, make a little comment, and you'll see more pictures on the website, kendrewsrealdirt.com, this week. Thanks for joining me. Speak with you next week.